I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I do struggle with hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and they negatively affect my life. But through God's grace and through my higher power, Jesus Christ, I am able to overcome them Amen. and to even be triumphant. Amen. And now the, for the reading of God's word. Short but powerful. Found in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give you is light. Thank you. May God bless you. Thanks, Mike. Good morning, Hope City Church. How's everybody doing today? We're so glad that you joined us. So for those of you who don't know, my name is Jesse, and I am the Celebrate Recovery Ministry Leader. Thanks. But I am not just the ministry leader. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I have my own business where I'm the boss, the secretary, the bookkeeper, the worker. I'm all the things. But my new favorite title that I have is Dog Mom. So this is my sweet, sweet little angel, Rip. He's not really a sweet little angel. He looks like one, though, doesn't he? He's not. He is exhausting. He's constantly, like, biting my hands. He thinks I am his, his chew toy. How he looks in that picture is how I feel <laughs> all the time. In my long list of to-dos, there's always something to get done. And I'm the last person on my list to get taken care of. So I tell myself, okay, tonight we're going to get eight hours of sleep. We're going to rest. And then we're going to wake up and we're going to feel great. So I'm like, okay, I go to bed, set my alarm. Alarm goes off in the morning. I'm like, open my eyes a little bit. Like, dang. Still tired, still exhausted. Have you, any of you ever felt like that? So what do I do? I get to my place of refuge. I go to Jesus. Where I don't have to be anything other than loved by him. None of the titles that I give myself. I humble myself, I get on my knees, I'm still finally, or I open my Bible and I read his word, then gracious, loving, merciful Jesus meets me right where I am and he reminds me, remember who's in control? It's my will, it's not yours. And then I'm able to see, okay, here, here we are again. You're running this race where there is no winner. There's no finish line. I'm doing life on my own strength, at my own pace. I'm filling my schedule and my time with my agenda. And for what? To distract myself from something or prove something to myself? Make myself feel more successful. But in Matthew 11, 
verse 28 through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, for I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give is light. This is my favorite scripture in the Bible. It is a truth that I find myself returning to most often. For me, I find these few verses to be some of the most loving and comforting scripture in the Bible. It's here that we can see Jesus' love, his compassion, and his burden for sinners and for those who suffer. His mercy and grace is poured out. This is his true purpose. It is the reason in which he came. To pour out limitless amounts of grace, mercy, love, compassion, and healing for sinners. For those that are tired and weary and for all of us who suffer. This is an open invitation for us to come just as we are, so that we may find rest for our weary souls. When we hear this scripture, we should all feel such a sense of relief and just peace. Even the happiest people, the most calm. We should all find refuge and comfort here in these verses. Because the truth is, is that we all have burdens to carry. And we all grow weary and tired. See, we carry burdens for others. Maybe someone you know or love, a friend, a family member has been diagnosed with cancer or another major illness. Our hearts break for those we love and care for. Maybe you have family members that are hard to deal with. Their destructive behaviors and bad habits keep you stressed and exhausted Maybe you're a single parent, or you're just a parent at all. <laughs> Parenting is a struggle. Maybe you have a blended family. Anybody have a blended family like me? It is hard trying to make sure everybody's happy. We feel constant financial pressure, and we strive to be more successful. So what do we do? We work long hours at physically demanding jobs, or maybe our job is mentally exhausting. Strict deadlines, to-do lists, and constant quotas that need to be met keep us mentally exhausted, drained, overworked, and overwhelmed. Sound familiar? Or maybe shame and guilt from your lifestyle choices, your addictions, and your bad habits keep you bogged down. You're weary. You can't forgive yourself. Maybe you struggle to sleep at night. Worry and fear consume you. Your list of to-dos, things you need to accomplish. You can't sleep. You can't rest. See, most of the time we can't even recognize how weary and burdened and exhausted we are. Because I got this is our M.O., it's the lie that we tell ourselves. The fact is we have become a society where striving is our constant struggle. We have to do more, get more, be more. 
We promote hustle and full schedules. I mean, how many times have you asked someone like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, just busy, you know, I'm just real busy. When really we're exhausted from trying to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And you would think too with all the advances in modern technology that we would work less, we'd have more free time, we'd be able to relax, we'd go to Jesus. But instead, we find ourselves overworked, overwhelmed, and exhausted. We drink coffee and energy drinks to just push through. We idolize productiveness, and we reject weariness. Society says, weary is weak, and weakness is not for us. See, all of these are schemes of the enemy. The devil, he wants to keep us bound, busy, and distracted. Because when we are tired and weary, we are the most vulnerable to temptation. I mean, we have a disease now for weariness. It's called chronic fatigue syndrome. It can cause profound fatigue, sleep abnormalities, physical pain. It can last up, for, up to six months, and it does not improve with rest. Or there's another one called adrenal fatigue. It causes body aches, nervousness, sleep disturbances, and digestive problems. All thought to be brought on by stress because our adrenal glands are exhausted. Wow. Our whole body is just worn out. Wow. Or maybe you know the more familiar ones like anxiety, yeah. worry, and fear consume us. We can't control the way we feel, and it makes us exhausted. So we isolate ourselves to feel safe. We become depressed. Or maybe you know about anger and rage. I mean, all we have to do is look at our society. We have become divided by race, politics, vaccinated, unvaccinated. I mean, COVID-19 is a burden all on its own. NTI. Come on, parents. I do not know about you all, but I am not cut out to be a teacher. God bless all of you teachers. Because of COVID-19, we have lost family and friends, time, jobs, a sense of normalcy. We are burdened by grief, and we cannot even recognize it. Why? Because we carry on at a pace that our bodies, our minds, and our spirits were never meant to sustain. So what do we do? We try to find ways to cope. Our codependency has us getting on social media, posting, see how many likes we can get, and who likes us, and look at all the hearts and all that stuff. Our codependency has us calling all our friends and family, trying to get them to co-sign on our feelings. We gossip about the people we don't like or the people that are hard to deal with at work. We are confessing to our friends and we should be confessing to Jesus. We don't want to feel and we will go to extreme measures to run from those feelings. So we overindulge, we overeat, we work out and diet to extreme measures, we shop and we buy more stuff. We become addicted to drugs, to drinking, to sex, 
to TV, social media, technology, anything to numb the pain. Pain we tell ourselves we don't feel, right? The fact is we have no idea how to rest. Rest is a foreign language to us. It's a four-letter word, if you will. <laughs> I'm guilty of this. I don't know how to rest. But I tell myself, okay, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep tonight. Or, you know, I'm going to get my schedule under control. If I just get my schedule together, then I'll have more free time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get rid of all these jobs, and then I'll be able to relax. I'll be able to rest. No. I just fill up my time and my schedule with something else to do. We cannot rest because we are looking for rest in all of the wrong places. But there is a better way, a different way. Rest can be found, but it is only through a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A relationship is constant. It's every day. Look at marriage, for instance. I get to see my amazing husband every day. Every day. I get to go to Jesus every day. That is a relationship. Maybe you're weary because you don't have a relationship with Christ. See, Jesus is pleading with us to stop. To stop whatever it is we're doing. To come to him. And to yoke ourselves to him and to let him teach us so that we may overcome. He is inviting us, all of us, no matter if we are rich, poor, sick, healthy, despite our circumstances, the choices we make, our backgrounds. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest Come to Jesus. Come to me. What does that mean? I remember a time when I didn't know what that meant. See, I grew up in Catholic school, so I knew like who Jesus was. But I didn't know that you could have a relationship with him. So in uh, 2013, I was newly sober from years of hard drug addiction. I was in desperate need of rest and healing. I needed a savior, but I didn't know that's what I needed back then. I didn't know Jesus was what I needed, but he knew that I needed him, and he was calling me, but I didn't know that then. So my best friend, Pastor Katie, she had invited me to church. Her daughter was getting dedicated, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to miss that. That's my, that's my niece. I'm going to get there. I went to church, went to the dedication, but then I didn't come back for a whole year. But when I did come back, I actually reached out to her. And I was like, hey, you going to church? She was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to go with you. Because I knew I needed something. Something was missing. So I came to church. And then slowly I just started to keep coming back. I just kept showing up week after week. And then Jesus and the Holy Spirit started to work on me. And started to teach me. So never underestimate the power of an invitation to church. So maybe it's the same for you. You just need to get to church. Or you just need to keep coming back. And then you need to wait for God to do what only He can do. 
See, if we want to come to Jesus, we need to recognize that something is missing and that we are in need of saving every day. Every day. If we turn to Scripture, we can see several instances where people did anything they could to get to Jesus because they knew if I can just get to Jesus, I can be healed. If we look at Matthew verse 8 2, there was a man with leprosy. He came and knelt before Jesus, pleading to be healed, and so Jesus healed him. Or if we look at Matthew verse 9, or Matthew 9, verse 2, a paralyzed man was brought to Jesus on a mat. It says, Jesus saw the faith of his friends and he said, Be encouraged. Your sins are forgiven. Or if we look at Mark 5, where the woman was afflicted with the blood issue. For 12 years, this woman was afflicted. She had exhausted all avenues. Imagine how worn out she had to be. How exhausted. But she knew, if I could just get to Jesus, if I could just touch him on his cloak, she could be healed. So she fought her way through the crowd. She reached out and grabbed Jesus. And the Bible says, immediately she was healed. And then Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So what do all these people have in common? Well, for one, they're afflicted. They're sick. And they all recognized that they could not save themselves. But most importantly, they knew Jesus. They had faith that Jesus was the only one who could heal them. And they would do whatever it took to get to him. So I ask you today. Can you recognize the areas in your life where you are weary and tired? Do you desire rest and healing? And do you turn to Jesus, or do you turn to the world to cope? See, when I first came to Jesus, sobriety was my struggle. But today, my need to control is a constant place of surrender. Control is my new coping skill. Control is a fear of being out of control. And it often stems from a fear of being at the mercy of others due to traumatic events which have left you feeling hopeless and vulnerable. See, trauma is something that I am far too familiar with. Hopefully, you were able to catch Pastor Jason's sermon series on shapes. What a great series. Maybe you can recognize now how some of the things in your life have shaped you. Why you react certain ways. For me, I know the Lord used that series to teach me that the traumatic events that I faced in my life, they affected me more than I realize. See, in my childhood, I suffered all kinds of abuse. Mental, mental physical, sexual. So it affects the way I trust. Violence in my home taught me anger is normal. So when I'm worn out, I'm weary, and I'm tired, I'm distracted, I give in to temptation more. Pride, anger, fear, and control are my go-to reactions. When I was in my 20s, a close friend of mine 
accidentally killed himself in front of me while we sat at a kitchen table. He died instantly. See, death is something that I am far too familiar with. Because of addiction, I have lost more friends than I can keep up with. So sometimes guilt and grief, they weigh me down. But God, see, Jesus is bigger than anything I face. And I am an overcomer today because of God's grace. Because he called me by name and I answered. I came to him for refuge and for healing. And I continue to do so now more than ever before. I find peace, comfort, love, wisdom, strength in an intentional daily relationship with Jesus. It's by his grace, his love, and his truth that he, continu he continually teaches me how to surrender. How to lay down my life and my need to control how to trust that his ways are better than my ways. And how to rest knowing that the outcome belongs to him. See, Jesus is a gentle, humble teacher. I mean, have you ever tried to be taught by somebody that's not? This is not very effective. But thank God that Jesus is our teacher, that he is kind and compassionate. He gently instructs us, and he patiently waits for us to learn. He meets us right where we are, and he teaches us in ways that we can understand. And all we have to do is come to him. That's it. When we open the Bible, he uses scriptures to teach us what is right and wrong. He uses books, people, and experiences to help us to gain wisdom. Even if I wake up late, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit the snooze button. I didn't get to open my Bible this morning. I get my kid to school. I get to work. And I have the luxury of being able to put in my headset. I can turn on my worship music or my sermons, let my Bible read to me. And then Jesus meets me right where I am. He uses worship to help me put my feelings into song so that I can bring him my praise and my worship through music. He teaches me to trust him by showing up in the dark places of my life and answering my prayers when I'm still and quiet and calm. He's working on developing patience in me or in my finances and tithing. He says, bring me 10% and I'll make sure you never need for anything. He doesn't need my money. He's asking me to trust him and to obey him. It's for me. It's not for him. In every aspect of my business, I can see Jesus on that. I've never advertised, and I have more clients than I can keep up with. And every one of them is a faithful believer in Jesus. I mean, you cannot tell me that that is not God. He shows me love through people and community, just by attending church. Or when I go to CR and I'm hurting and broken and struggling, I confess to the people that love me and they accept me just as I am. Just like Jesus, that is Jesus, that is his love, his grace, and his mercy. He uses the 12 steps in Celebrate Recovery to point out areas in my life that I needed to make changes. 
He gives me the tools. Like for um, instance, step one says, I realize I'm not God. I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing. And my life is unmanageable. Or you go through all the other ones and then you get to step 12. This is where I live now. In step 12 it says, I yield myself to God to be used to bring the good news to others both by my example and by my words. See, Jesus is using therapy lately to help me to be vulnerable (laughs) and to heal. Emotional health and spiritual health, they have to coexist. Just as Jesus uses doctors and and medicine to help heal our bodies, he uses therapy to heal our mental state. When I fast, he teaches me to hunger and thirst for him and not go to food for comfort or things of this world. He teaches me to love others by softening my heart and helping me to accept and love others as he does, to see them uh, in the way that he does. He's teaching me to be a better mom and a better wife. And all I do is come to him every day in constant submission and humble obedience and thankfulness and praise. See, I recognize now that I need Jesus more than ever. My need for Jesus never goes away. In fact, my desire and my want to just get close to him gets stronger every day. I can look back over the past nine years of following him. Really, I can look back over my entire life. And all I see is his goodness, his mercy, his favor, and his blessings. Even in my suffering. He has grown my faith tremendously, and faith in Jesus is all I need. Paul Washer said, you ask me, what is the greatest act of faith? To me, it is to look in the mirror of God's word, to see all my faults, all my sins, all my shortcomings, and believe that God loves me exactly as he says he does. It is through my faith that I am yoked to Jesus. If you're not familiar with a yoke, it is a wooden bar where two animals were joined together. Farmers would do this if one animal was overworked or exhausted or the workload was going to be super heavy. They would put the two animals together and the workload would get, get lighter. The burden would be lifted. See, Jesus is asking us to yoke ourselves to him so that he can do all the work. If we look in verse 30, Jesus says, For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give is light. He says, my yoke. Jesus is implying that he has already been working. And he is not asking us to do anything that he has not already done himself. That is grace. I mean, just look at Jesus' life. He came down from heaven, was born as a baby, grew up a teenager, became a man. He was a carpenter, so you know he worked hard. He never had a place of his own to rest his head. He constantly traveled doing ministry. 
He was persecuted, mocked, and hated. He wept. He got angry. I mean, Jesus fasted for 40 days with nothing. I fast for 21 eating fruits and vegetables, and I'm over here struggling. He was tempted in every way, and he did not sin. I mean, can we even grasp that? He did not sin. We are at war every day inside of ourselves, trying not to sin. Or the more obvious, the cross, where he was beaten and tortured. Then he was killed, dying a criminal's death on a cross. A sinless man died like a criminal. To save us. The worst versions of ourselves too. See, Jesus did all of the work. He paid our debt to bridge the gap between us and God. We no longer have to strive to get to God. Jesus did that for us. We are forgiven, we are accepted, and we are loved just as we are. And all we have to do is accept Christ's work on the cross. All Jesus asks us to do is come to him, to have faith in him, to stay yoked to him, to trust him so he can teach us, and to rest in his work and his sacrifice. Jesus is not promising rest for our bodies, but he is providing rest for our souls, eternal rest. That is what matters a place in heaven where we will finally be burden-free. I long for that day. Then I may hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. And I am convinced that every bit of suffering, every hardship, every bit of pain that I faced will have all been worth it. My favorite theologian, Martin Luther, wrote, This life, therefore, is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. It is not health, but healing. It is not rest. It is not being, but becoming. Not rest, but exercise. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. This is not the end but it is the road. Thank you, God, that we are not yet what we shall be. But because of Jesus, we are on our way. So every Tuesday in Celebrate Recovery, uh, we read something called the Serenity Prayer together. So I'm going to invite all the members of CR to come and join me on the stage. So when you came in today, you got a sermon guide. And on the back of that sermon guide is the serenity prayer. Or if you don't have your sermon guide, it's going to be up on the screen for us. But this serenity prayer gives us hope. It, help us, it helps us to remember, God, we're going to accept this world as it is, not as we would have it. And it gives us rest. So as a congregation, we are all going to read this prayer together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, 
the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. So in a few moments, um, we're going to have our prayer team up front. We're going to have a moment of communion. But you know, last week, Pastor Jason said, it's grace that saves us, but grace does not make our choices for us. And so this week, and really in all of your life, I challenge you to choose Jesus. To choose to turn to Him when you're weary and tired and you're exhausted. To invite the Holy Spirit in and ask Him to point out things and areas in your life where you can quit striving. And you can just accept Christ's work on the cross. And you can come to Him and find rest and healing so that you may overcome. I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your compassion, God. Thank you for healing. We thank you that you give us the power through Jesus Christ to overcome all of our struggles, God. I just ask that you help us to quit striving, God. Teach us the ways that we can surrender, the ways that we can come to you, Lord. Speak to us. Change us, God. Give us a new heart. Lord, we just thank you for who you are and that we can come to you exactly as we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.